a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Just after 2 o'clock, that means it is time for the top two at 2 o'clock. The top two stories at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, We're going to cover one story that I haven't even talked about on the program today. My apologies. Uh, I guess no one really told me that the top two stories had to be covered on the show. This one uh, reaches back uh, into the weekend, and it is the, uh, the CPAC conference, the one uh, culminating yesterday with an hour and a half long address delivered by former President Donald Trump. The, the reason I bring this up is you and I had a conversation on Friday about, uh, about a poll that had been commissioned by Suffolk University and USA Today, and the findings in that poll had to do with President Trump, former President Donald Trump, as well as the question of whether or not uh, he might spin off and create a new political party. That was the question that was put to Republican voters across the country. And the findings of last week, when these results became public, showed that up to 46% of Republicans would willingly follow former President Donald Trump, into a new uh, party. Now, I, you know, I, I shared that on the program, and you and I discussed it because it was an interesting little bit of trivia. My speculation was that uh, you know, there is no way, there is no way that, that, that something like that happens. Uh, earlier with uh, Dave and Debbie, I made the point that uh, you know, for all the bickering back and forth, for all of the uh, the clever tweets that go back and forth between lawmakers of the two major parties, uh, all the one-liners that are uh, drafted up, that ultimately, regardless of who has the best zinger, ultimately, in Washington, D.C., and in government everywhere, for the most part, it is a numbers game. If you are able to secure the biggest team, if you're able to assemble the largest number of votes, you're going to be in control. And so what sense does it could it possibly make to cut the Republican Party in half and somehow expect to be competitive against the full-strength Democrats on the other side of the aisle? Anyway, yesterday afternoon, as the president took to the microphone at CPAC in Orlando, Florida, it was almost one of the first things that he said. One of the first things he said as he took to the microphone ahead of his uh, lengthy speech was that he is not going to create some new party. (laughs) That there will not come a time when Republicans have to choose between the GOP and the Trump party. And he spelled out the rationale similar to what I just said, which was, listen, how do you you expect to cut your organization in half and still plan on being competitive? So that's point one. Uh, point two really comes down to something that the former president did not say. You'll hear in some reports that he alluded to a run in 2024 or he hinted at a run in 2024. Uh, I'm not sure I heard any of those allusions or hints. Uh, what I am certain that I didn't hear was a declaration of candidacy. Now, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that he won't be running. 
You know, I I really can't say. I can't say this that one of the traditions of CPAC is an informal straw poll that is conducted uh, amongst uh, participants and those in attendance. And that straw poll essentially asks the question, who do you predict to be or who do you want to be the next Republican nominee for president? The the results of 2021's CPAC uh, straw poll, 55% uh, wanted to see Donald Trump as the nominee at 21%. And this this one's surprising, uh, but maybe not once you consider where the conference was held. 21% were standing behind Ron DeSantis, who is the governor of Florida, former member of Congress. 21% supporting uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, now, it has not always been the case that the winner of that straw poll ultimately goes on to be uh, the nominee. As a matter of fact, uh, current Senator Mitt Romney holds an interesting record. He has won the CPAC straw poll uh, on more occasions than anyone else who has ever participated. Four. Four times uh, CPAC has elected uh, as has elected Mitt Romney as their desired a nominee for president. And that's interesting because the the past two years have been very interesting for the relationship between CPAC and Senator Mitt Romney. If I remember correctly, last year he was disinvited. That's following uh, his vote against the president in the first impeachment trial. And, then, and, and if I remember correctly, it was uh, out of safety concerns that the organizers said, uh, listen, Senator Romney, we can't guarantee your safety. Uh, and they were going to go ahead and take back that invitation. So that was 2020. 2021, uh, I don't believe uh, an invitation was even extended. And so there it is. The man who who has been chosen as the nominee or voted for to be the nominee on four occasions, more than any other candidate in history, uh, is is not a part of the two most recent uh, conferences. Interesting stuff. Uh, anyway, so that's the first top story. The results of CPAC. Second top story uh, goes back to uh, uh, an event this morning where various officials discussed the rollout of the additional uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccines that are on their way, plus uh, the state working to expand its partnerships. Uh, Here from uh, Tom Hudako. Tom is with the Utah Department of Health. He's been a guest on this program a number of times. Let me share with you uh, some of what he had to say. Today marks an exciting milestone for us. We are activating uh, a partnership with several providers throughout the state, Intermountain Healthcare, uh, Nomi Health, U of U Health, to, to add to our vaccination efforts. We knew all along that we would eventually reach a point where we were receiving enough doses in the state that we would surpass the local health department capacity to be able to administer all of the doses, and we are quickly getting to that point. So we are activating this partnership this week. Tom with the Utah Department of Health, he continued discussing why they're expanding to more partners. The indications are that for next week, we could see uh, our Moderna prime doses, so the first doses of Moderna double, and our first doses of Pfizer could more than double. So we are expecting to receive significantly more vaccine in the state in the coming weeks. Uh, and that's why we need to rely on on additional partners to be able to get those doses out to the community. There were other uh, health officials with uh, Nomi Health, University of Utah Health, uh, who were all participating in this uh, in this press briefing, giving updates on uh, what you know is is going on in the field of vaccine distribution here in the state of Utah. And the impression I came away with was we're doing okay. 
Yeah, I, I know that over the weekend there was some confusion about uh, those ineligible uh, being able to you know, get a vaccine or not and this and that. And there is some uh, confusion about where do I register with the pharmacies? Well, one thing I do know is that uh, we here in the state of Utah, we're doing pretty well when it comes to uh, getting the vaccines into the arms of residents. And uh, if what Tom has to say here is true and these additional partners uh, make it even easier when we get that expected influx of vaccines, not just from Johnson and Johnson as it comes, I think, to our borders this very week, but also as we re-up our supply of Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, I think we're on a good path. Quick break. When we return, we're talking Jeremy Lin. Yeah, Lin Sanity. He's got a story to tell and a lesson to teach. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.